Thank you for listening to the Troy Podcast, where we promote, educate, inspire, and entertain creators of all things related to fantasy and science fiction. Hi, this is Carson with Troy, and I have with me R.K. Post, who is an artist. He has done work for a variety of things. Uh, Wizards of the Coast, um, he began when it was TSR. He has done, um, I, I looked up your profile, you've done other games as well, like Deadlands and, and different things like that. Um, I'll go ahead and turn the time over to, to you, and you can kind of tell us a little bit about your background and, and about yourself. Sure. Hi. Uh, my name is R.K. Post. I'm an illustrator. Uh, let me see. I started freelancing way back in, gosh, I think it was like 1994 or something like that. And eventually that turned into a staff position at TSR in 96. And then from there, that working on D&D stuff and things. Uh, from there, it was purchased by TSR, or TSR, Wizards of the Coast, sorry. TSR was purchased by Wizards of the Coast. And then I became part of uh, WOTC at that point. Um, and then somewhere along the way, they they separated from having staff artists to just doing freelance. And so I did freelance for them. But over the years, I've done, as you say, freelance for many, many other companies along the way. And stuff and things, books, magazines, movies this that and the other thing perfect and you grew up on a, a farm in illinois is that correct well yeah it was a really small farm but it was literally in the middle of nowhere so is that where was, you kind of honed your talent um being a little isolated like that yeah isolation kind of kind of helped out a lot <laughs> <laughs> there really wasn't you know um didn't really have cable or anything because uh i don't know if you're aware of this but i'm kind of old <laughs> so um you know just had the three basic stations you can get with your antenna and uh so beyond that really limited television <laughs> so back then were you just drawing what you saw on the farm or did you have a, an active imagination or are you drawing stuff from books so my my dad grew up a ways back when and uh when he grew up he had a whole bunch of comic books so every time my sister and i would go visit you know my grandparents way down in the family farm um we would just read these books avidly and uh that mixed with uh you know some comic books we got as a kid kind of fueled the inspiration plus just things i watched and you know read some stephen king this kind of fueled uh <laughs> fueled everything i guess you, you kind of see today but yeah no I, I think it really started with just trying to draw like superheroes and things like that and, and i can't, can't say horror films uh that there was there's was drawing inspiration for that as well and you do have um in some of your work a horror element to it mm. but a lot of it is very fantastical as well yeah i like things that are uh, a little realistic but also kind of creepy at the same time but then i also like doing mm -hmm. cutesy things too so it's, it's just a weird mix so you have a unique style. Um, how did you develop that? I mean, you said you were kind of copying comic book artists, but I mean, I got two tokens here that um, from a long time, well, about seven years. Oh, ago. Oh gosh. Yeah. And you, I mean, it's very, very unique and you are a master at line work. I got to say like uh, on the Seder's collar, like the, the line work, I would have just filled it in and you are so meticulous. Like, how did, how did you develop that style? Um, well, when I first started doing freelance, actually, no, even before that, when I was in high school, my grandparents got me a set of uh, technical pens. So I would, I, I, I mean, even before that, I had like felt tip pens and stuff like that, but I, I liked drawing 
tiny little lines and um you look at comic books especially like the work of like brian boland where he just has these intense little lines and you just kind of look at that and you go i really love that i want to try to do something very similar to it and i tried and and every once in a while you know i'd like to play with a little bit maybe i'll do something with uh you know a lot more blacks as you say and then um you know gradations coming off of that or something even flatter or something with a like a like an art nouveau kind of feel to it which doesn't really have a whole lot of you know black blacks in it no your your artwork is amazing and i was looking at on your website and some of your oils that you've done mm-hmm. I, I guess they're oils they might be um other mediums but a lot of them kind of have a feel like a 1920s 1930s uh like a pulp kind of look to it yeah like a pulp kind of look to it is that how did you do it? Like, is that part of something that you looked for inspiration or like what? Definitely like that kind of work. Um, but I think what I, you know, kind of really looked at and um, maybe didn't quite accomplish was, you know, like uh, turn of the century illustration. So like if you look at NC Wyeth and uh, JC Leindecker and, and uh, a host of other guys, um, uh, Arthur Rackham, they all have different looks and feels, but I also try to emulate some of that stuff. I grew up, around a lot of antiques and um, other things. My parents would just kind of pick up from farm auctions and stuff like that. So they, they still kind of collect the the old things, but they, they had that old 1800s sensibility to it. And I just always loved the look of that. So I, I, I kind of try to draw into that a little bit, but then you get some of that that sort of leaks into the, you know, the, the 20s and 30s, especially when you talk about like deco and stuff like that. So I was always a fan. And your work shows that that you are a fan, but you made it your own. And... Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I have like a, a bunch of different voices stuck up here, and every time like a different one will come out. But also, you know, there's a, there's a whole lot of happy accidents. I can't say that I'm a, a complete master of anything. So um, sometimes, you know, uh, there's an utter fail, and other times, you know, I, that happy accent sort of uh, speaks loudly and 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 makes something that I'm almost kind of happy with. <laughs> Well, are you self-taught or did you go, were you able to go to college and, and get like an art degree? Uh, I'm going to say mostly self-taught because, you know, I did um, draw a lot in high school. I, the, so when I was in high school, I sort of had this preconceived notion that I was going to go to college and be a veterinarian. So I was taking a lot of science and math and taking like no art in high school. So the only time I ever drew was when I just drew at home. Um, and then when I went to college, um, I started down that road uh taking lots of math and science and and then somewhere towards the beginning i i I wasn't getting like a solid a average which you'd almost kind of need to get into vet school because it's really hard to get into vet school right so uh i shifted over to graphic design because i figured well i do like doing art but i should probably do something that that might actually pay some bills one day uh i got all the way through my junior year but then just realized that oh my god i hate graphic design (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I just shifted my focus to illustration, but uh, never with, you know, the hope that I had no idea what the hell I was going to do. So. so how did the TSR job come about? Strangely, uh, the last semester I had before I graduated from uh, Northern Illinois University, I had a professor who was actually doing work in comics and in gaming. And one of the, the gaming companies I worked for was TSR. And... Um, NIU and TSR weren't that far apart from each other. Uh, TSR was in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. NIU was in DeKalb, Illinois. Easy enough to drive up. So one time we went up. Um, I dropped off a portfolio, met the people, and wasn't too long after that I started doing some freelance work for them. 
what was your first card that you did for for TSR? Do you remember for Magic card? Uh, well, this is way before Magic, so this was um, RPG stuff. So, You're doing Dungeons and Dragons stuff. Yeah, and I think it was. I want to say it was. Um, was it Savage Baronies? I don't know. It was like a box set that uh, it came with a music CD to sort of inspired you while you were, you know, gaming. <laughs> it, was, it was. It was. And it was a. It was kind of a bizarre little setting, but I don't know. In, in the same rights, it was kind of fun because they they gave me a lot of creative freedom. So I was going to ask that next. Like, did they? you know, say we want kind of this image or do they say this is the story, like run with it? Um, I would say over the years, even with that and with other like magic or anything, it's it's been a mixed bag. Sometimes they're very specific about that, what they want because one aspect is they're trying to tell a story and they, they want everything to sort of be in place so they can, they can tell the story the way they want to tell it and uh, not have you veer off and go somewhere else and tell a different story. Uh, there's that or they just want to show a thing and have a specific notion in mind what this thing is going to be and you can just flesh it out on your own so you, you have different ends of the spectrum you have the one over here where you're just making stuff up and then they go oh yeah that's cool go for it or you have the other one where you, you're everything's nailed down and you just kind of have to follow the directions mm -hmm. so when you begin a piece say you, you know you get commissioned for a piece mm -hmm. wh whatever it is do you do you see it in your head and you're able to, to produce it or do you have to have kind of a model or uh, it's a mix sometimes uh you know i i guess the songwriters probably say a very similar thing that sometimes you just get this thing in your head and you get the idea right off other times sometimes i just need to sit on something for a bit and think about it sometimes you just do some thumbnails to sort of give you give yourself some options and then while you're doing that you might actually come up with something that's far better than you probably would have thought of in the first place um but when pretty much all this art when you do it you're going to provide a sketch anyway and then they'll they'll adjust it from there and then when you go to the final you don't have to worry as much about coming to you after it's done and say oh wait we weren't thinking this at all we <laughs> you need to go in this other direction so you get that approval before you you start really yeah. working on it yeah you, you get to two stages of approval so you said um you were driving to your grandparents' house, and they had the comic books, and you were you were you know kind of drawn that. So, what drew you to that genre? I mean, you you were on a farm. You could have done wildlife. You could have done pretty much anything. Oh, there was a mix. I mean, sometimes I draw a little of this, a little of that. But um, also as a kid, uh, I remember this before we moved to the farm. We you know we we lived in town. Um, I would stay up late, and we had like you know like those creature features um so they showed like old horror movies so there, there was there was totally an inspiration from that too so I, I like to draw like creepy stuff and um but also i remember like as a, a really small kid i mean yeah I, I drew you know like elephants and crocodiles and dinosaurs but what, what kid didn't you know <laughs> no i remember drawing horses when i was a kid you know, yeah i think I, yeah i drew a horse or two i don't know <laughs> And, and I'm not an artist, so I mean, I can't say anything. But Yeah, I, 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 I can say that I definitely had sort of like a feel of what I liked, but um, I didn't like stick with one thing. It was, I was just bouncing all over the place. As an artist, I mean, you're uh, an illustrator. Do you feel that, this is kind of a weird question, do you feel that sure. anybody could could develop the talent to, to be an illustrator? Like if somebody that wants to, okay, I want to be an artist. I'm in high school. I'm, I'm in my 20s. Mm -hmm. do, or do you think it's more of a natural thing? 
Um, a little column A, a little column B, but um, I think where some of the, the talent actually comes is the ability to sort of stick with it. And then sort of, so what you're doing every time you do a drawing or you do some art, even if it's just rough or it's something a little more final, is um, you're sort of developing this, this language in your head and you're figure, figuring out a problem. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, how do I attack this? So by the time you get to the next one, you have, you have a little bit of a already sort of sorted out. So um, if you have the, like, the stick-to-itiveness to stick with it and then keep going at it, even though you might fail a lot, I think, um, I think anybody can sort of figure it out, you know? Because I've heard people like, they see a piece of work they see an artist and they're like, well, I can never do that. But I, I'm kind of in your camp where you say like, if you stick to it, I, I think that pretty much anybody could, you know, not yeah. be a professional artist, but kind of enjoy it and get by. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I went to, to college with one guy. I think he was like an accounting major, but then switched to art and at the beginning of it seemed to have like no talent for it, but he was sort of figuring it out as he went along. And by the end of it, he was, he was like actually pretty darn decent. So if you can stick with it, I mean, who's to say? Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing too, is a lot of people, they get frustrated really easily and they, they just put it down and then they don't pick it up for a while. And then they wonder why they haven't gotten any better. Well, it's like when you have, like, uh, I sort of brought this up before, like a musical instrument. If you don't practice, you're just not going to get any better. Right. Yeah. People like I, you, you said you're, you're kind of old, but I'm not that far behind to believe it or not. Um, <laughs> Doesn't seem like it. I think people that, you know, are closer to our age, they have a life, they, they do stuff. They're, they have to do a, a real commitment in order to, to enhance that skill that they want to do it. So what are, what are some of your habits that, that you do? I mean, you do this full time, but. Oh, <laughs> don't have any good ones to be honest there are people that you know start the day off with the drawing and to or even do warm-up drawings before they do something and you know i'll go for a week and not draw a thing but um sort of the the uh the nature of the beast are doing what i do now because you know i i have the patreon and i sell things to the site so i have to put all the orders together and stuff like that but throughout the process so like um Oh, yesterday someone ordered a mat with a little sketch on it. So I actually had to sit there and draw something. And so I got a little bit of practice right there. But then also uh, back before, you know, this wonderful pandemic we have, I used to travel all the time. And in the course of a weekend, you'd have to crash course and get a whole bunch of commissions done in the course of that weekend. Right. So in in another way, you got a whole bunch of practice, whether you wanted to or not. And people would always throw like things you wouldn't normally draw at you can you draw this or sometimes they'd have you draw a likeness can you draw me as this or can you draw it this or or uh draw from you know um things you weren't normally exposed to like like a certain piece of anime or something like that can you draw this guy from this and and then you just you sort of have to figure it out so it's kind of like um like working your improv uh, muscle a little bit where you, you sort of have to figure it out on the fly in in a way that, that, that really um, kind of develops your talent because you're just not drawing the same thing over and over again it, it kind of forces you to think about other things you wouldn't normally think about so you, um, jumping outside your comfort zone is actually a really good thing yeah that'll stretch your talent for sure oh yeah and 
you're one of these illustrators and artists that have thought outside of the box. Like you have done these tokens that you've created and you know, they're your own, but you, <laughs> there's about <laughs> a thousand this. of them now. Yeah. And you've done play mats. You've created a, a, a business around gaming. Yeah. And, uh, as, <laughs> as an artist and as an illustrator, somebody who's watching this or, or listening to this and thinking, okay, like, what can I do? Like you're a good example of, of thinking outside the box and okay, I'm going to go off in this direction and, and really promote it and hit it hard. Um, is that something that you kind of fell naturally into or are you looking for that or how did you kind of go that route? It, it just kind of happened. So, uh, like the tokens, for example, um, there was one other artist at the time who had little cards, but I don't think he was making them tokens. They were just like art cards. So he had like, you know, like a art of an angel and they were really spectacular. And then you have like angel right at the top. So maybe he sort of had tokens in mind, but you know, there were like no stats and um, they were pretty basic in that sense, but it, it was like a little way to sell like little prints of his art. Um, so I, I found that kind of inspiring because I would do a lot of events with this guy. And it, you just had a few, you didn't have a lot. And then um, a podcast came to me um, and asked me to do a token for them. And I'm like, token, really? What is this? Uh, did it. They were pretty happy with it. And then I asked them, well, how do you get these things made? Um, they told me. And so I started just making a few on my own and then um, really having no notion of what to make, people would request things. So I do like custom tokens, right? So you do, you know, you have those, uh, remember those uh, white blanks that would come in like uh, packs of uh, promo magic cards that come with like this white spacer card and people bring these things up to you all the time and you'd have to draw whatever on. But after a while, you, you'd notice that they started, hey, can you draw a zombie for me? Oh, zombie, cool, whatever. And then after a while, after a few zombies, oh, can you put two two at the bottom of that? Then you'd realize that you were drawing custom tokens for people. And it was, it was like a few years into, because I started traveling and going to events, I was going to say it's, it's been over 20 years now. Um, but the, the token aspect kind of kicked in later on, maybe like 10, 15 years ago, maybe 10 years ago. I don't know. My first one, there were like little angel tokens. I drew custom angel tokens. I think I drew, I want to say at least 10 years ago, but they didn't have any stats on. I was like, can you draw an angel? <laughs> um, and then, but yeah, but after that podcast, then I'd say right around 2014, I started making my own. So it's been about seven years into it now. And as I was saying that, yeah, I'm around a thousand different ones. I mean, I've slowed down on how much I release. I try to make them before it would be more like a shotgun. I'd shoot out a whole bunch of stuff. Um, now when they, they release new sets, uh, a lot of them are rehash tokens. So they've existed before. We're getting to some new ones. That, that I have to create. So I try to limit it to, you know, I make one of that particular type of token, see how it takes off. And then if, if it's pretty popular, say like, like sharks are pretty popular. So it's like, oh, I'll make a couple more sharks. Before it'd be like, hey, there's this new, like you had a Seder there, this Seder coming up, I'll make a few of those. Then you realize that after a while, I was like, oh, nobody's playing Seder. So it's, unless they play Commander or something, that's about it. No, I, I must have got these right when you first started because I think I met you in 2014 the first time at a GP event in Salt Lake City. Oh, yeah. Um, so like the limited tokens, that's another thing too. I don't think I was... I, I, I started those right at the end of 2014. Uh, there was a GP in Memphis. That was like my first limited one. Um, and then for every like major event after that, I would try to do a limited token. 
but you know kind of stopped the last year only because like i'd have a few left over and they were starting to accumulate now it's going down it was like three of these bins and now it's down to you know like one and a little section of another bin so once big events start back up again then i'll start doing them again well, and you don't just do tokens specifically for magic. I mean, you do, but it's not like you do pop culture things too. Like I've seen you a token with Jack Skellington from Nightmare Before Christmas and, yeah. and different things as well. I throw a few of those in there. I try to have like one generic option. Not everybody likes this particular thing. So yeah, but um, some of those are just silly fun. You do these commissioned pieces um, and I've seen you draw play mats and stuff you got to get pretty quick in order to to get all these out like so way back when when i started doing these i would end up like taking a couple things back home and um what i realized over time is if something goes back home the odds of me getting it done go way 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 down so i've i've gotten to know myself a lot better so what I'll do is when I, I go somewhere, there there's a few options. One, you can ask for something ahead of time and you get something that's much more detailed than you would getting by me sitting there or waiting for the day for me to get it done. So there's that. And then if you show up at the beginning of the day, I start a queue and I just sort of figure out what I can handle through the course of the day. So either you come at the end of the day or come at the beginning of the next day to you know pay for it and pick it up. That's the other thing too, is I don't take any money ahead of time. I'll because um, I'm not going to charge you for something I haven't done yet. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of the, the, the best way to, to get things done. So it's kind of a first come, first serve type thing. And if you don't have time, you don't get to it. Yeah. If you're patient and the event is just right, you probably almost get a play set of altars done. They usually just do one thing per person per day. But, you know, sometimes if you show up in the morning and say, could you alter this one? And then come back later in the day and say, um, you know, I was able to, bang through things reasonably quick it depends on how busy you know things get for me um then you can just possibly leave another to pick up in the morning and then you know the next morning show up and you know if, if it's like a gps three-day event you could probably get a place that done if you time it just right oh nice yeah so we've talked about you know this gaming um art that you've done have you ever been commissioned for like a book cover or anything like that oh there's been a few over the years um yeah somewhere uh, when I was working at Watsi as a staff illustrator, you you wind up doing uh, some novels based on some of the games that they had. You, you definitely so like I've done a couple of magic novels. I've done a couple of um, there were some other RPG titles that they had novels based on. But then you know like uh, there was a couple of book clubs that did covers for. It's so hard. I, I know I've done a cover for like a young adult novel too. Just random things here and there. Is that something you do? Would you like to do more of, or is that just? You kind of just stick with what you're doing. Well, these days I'm I'm not so much about the freelance. You know, I've, I've done a couple of things for Watsy a little more recently, but that's kind of where I limit it. Otherwise, way too busy kind of doing this other stuff. So no, fantastic. I just like to ask just in case people are looking for for a good artist, and you're a great one. So no, <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, the, and the um the freelance game has changed a lot. So like when I first started doing it, you know, like God, what's it been? It's been uh what 26 27 years now that i started doing freelance august of 94 so yeah 27 years um <laughs> 27 years so back then it was a much smaller pool of artists since then there's this crazy thing called the internet and it's kind of exploded but it's also opened up markets in places that were kind of inaccessible for so you know say like china or uh 
Russia or Eastern Europe, a lot of places where people are silly talented, you don't really need to pay them all that much because their cost of living is so low. So as a guy trying to, you know, pay his bills here in the United States, it's just, it's pretty hard mm-hmm. just to work totally on freelance. I mean, you, you, you can do it and you can, you can do all right. And, and some people do. And it's also just a really hard game because you're li- living from deadline to deadline and you don't know when the next deadline is coming sometimes. And sometimes you're, you're booked up for this forever. And um, another problem too, for me is I'm just not the fastest <laughs> So <laughs> to make a living at that. just, Oh my gosh. It's sometimes it was a nightmare. No, you're right. The game is open up to a, a new audience uh, or new freelance. Um, yeah. And then like, if you scroll through Tumblr, you just see people that do it on the casual basis or just, you know, silly talented. <laughs> it's like, right, I'm competing against a whole bunch of people that, that just have skill sets that probably didn't exist years ago. And, and the, especially with digital art, it's made it a lot easier to kind of put these things together. Yeah. And the world's a lot smaller than it used to be too. Like you said, people can reach out to China and Russia and the Philippines and Indonesia and find really talented people. Oh, yeah. And 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 there's just a lot more of us on the planet now, so there's a lot more artists out there. It's just the way it is. Do you have any plans to do any events in the, the near future? I mean, this pandemic, this pandemic is going on and, um, you know, we can get vaccinated and wear masks and stuff. But are you, are you going anywhere that people can meet you and talk to you? Oh, um, I, I started in June. So there's this... Um, this startup called TCG Con, and um, uh, their first event was in Tampa in June, and then a couple of, uh, months later they did one in Galveston, Texas. So I've been to both of those. Their next one is in Toledo, um, the second weekend of October, but there's also a local event at the beginning of October, and then um, another startup out of San Antonio. They did an event a couple of weeks ago in Fort Worth, Texas. They're doing their second one beginning in November. So I'm going to go for that, but that's going to be like a two-day event. So starting off slowly, but as you say, you know, I'm, I'm vaccinated. I wear a mask and be safe as possible. And then I isolate when I get home and then get a test after a few days and hopefully everything's okay. So far it has been. <laughs> Other than those events, how can people get a hold of you or buy some of your stuff? Uh, well, I have a website, rkpost.net, and there it just has links to everything else. So, like, if you wanted to jump on the Patreon, which I'm admittedly really slow, but I'm getting caught up as I look to the Patreon stuff I got to mail out right next to me. There's that. So, if you're really patient and you want to get stuff, I um, then it's going to slow down once I start traveling again. So, uh, I only charge you if there's going to be a release, and then you'll just get stuff. So, that's the Patreon. But there's a link on rkpost.net if you want to go check that out. Otherwise, on rkpost.net, um, you can find all my other silly, fun things. There's also a calendar on there, too. So, once I get confirmed for an event, the calendar will show that event, and you can sort of find out where I'm going. And right now, um, obviously, it's only in the US. Mm-hmm. So, um, I do know of other events that are going to start up uh, next year. The locations will will expand. I know there's some things out west here, and there's you know more things in the the southeast, and maybe some other things that are kind of spread out a bit. So I'll be getting around the U.S. and I'm not sure when I'm getting back to Europe or Asia, but uh, hopefully one day. Hopefully soon. Soon. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, any social media that you want to give a shout out to. I think if you just go to rkpost.net, the, the links to the Facebook, uh, the Twitter, and the Instagram, and all the other fun stuff, they're all right there. 
Perfect. Well, keep it simple. Nice. And also, if you just Google my name, my website is the first thing that pops up. So it's not too hard Makes to find. Makes it easy. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for getting on with me today. Um, I've learned a lot, and hopefully other people will as well. Thank you for listening to the Troy Podcast. Please subscribe, like, and share with your friends.